Hello and welcome to the first episode of Three Dumplings, a podcast from three Asian girls about the issues, concerns and absurdities of our lives. I'm writer Hannah Rose Yee and I'm here with my co-hosts, blogger Peony Lin hey. and photographer Kit Lee. Hello. So in the spirit of the first episode, I've been trying to think back to when Peony and I first met and it was, well, let's generously say a few years ago. <laughs> At London Fashion Week and I was on holiday from Australia and I remember sitting outside Somerset House drinking green tea and wearing ballet flats in the middle of winter. <laughs> what do you remember about that? I We talked about this before and I don't really remember you in London. I remember you in New York and I remember um, it was winter then again. You were wearing ballet flats. I remember asking you how your feet were blue and you were still coping <laughs> with that situation. But I, I feel like you were just so excited to be able to get your Esmeralda coats out of the closet and wear them in actual cold that the feet were irrelevant. I do love winter <laughs> and in Australia winter is like not a true winter so novelty it was very <laughs> and kit i met you through peony so how did you two meet we met at london fashion week didn't we yeah um i thought we met through francis but you don't think so right no i met through francis, through francis. i literally had to beg her to like introduce me to <laughs> yeah begged her introducing to you so because i thought you were so beautiful and then like, you got to know me and you knew that yes. was all bullshit and a few years later we're working together <laughs> <laughs> but we knew each other for a few years before we started working mm-hmm. together so kit photographed me for my site um but she only started doing that after the site was already kind of three years old maybe We've been uh, doing it for maybe six, years. seven years together. Been so blogging far. since two thousand and eight. Yeah. But I met yeah. Hannah and Kit probably within a couple of years of each other. So we've known each other, you know, between mm. kind of seven years. Mm. Yeah. I was trying not to put an age. Sorry, uh, times we're them. old. <laughs> we're old. That's what's happened. <laughs> Well, something I know the three of us have often talked about and is one of the reasons why this podcast has come about is our shared Asian heritage. So before I'd met you, Peony, I'd never met anyone who had a Chinese father and a Caucasian mother. And my family's based in Hong Kong, which is where Kit's family lives and has lived for 300 years. Is that right? About over 300 years. And then before that, it was in China. Wow. Yeah. And when we've had chats like this, we've talked about our Asian heritage, about representation, about all the things that matter to ourselves as Asian women. So we're going to talk about a particular topic related to our experiences. And this week's in the first episode, we're going to be talking about representation in pop culture because there's not a lot of it, unfortunately. So I think one of the things we all know is that when you grow up Asian, you instantly notice any Asian character in a book that you read, a movie that you watch, a television show, even a piece of art. And that's because there's sadly a complete lack of Asian representation in the movies, the books, the television shows that we all love and watch and read. That's going to change in August when the first all Asian movie from a major Hollywood studio in 25 years will be released in cinemas. It's called Crazy Rich Asians and it stars Constance Wu, Henry Golding, Gemma Chan, Aquafina, and my personal favourite, Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> I love Michelle Yeoh. And I can speak for myself saying I'm so excited for it. I have a friend who told me that she hopes it will be the Asian Black Panther. Uh, but I have to say caveat, it's not out in the UK until November. So it's out in what? the US in August and in Australia in August, but unfortunately for some reason... More of the an Brits have to, to wait. Take a weekend to New York just to watch it. <laughs> we'll so go back unfair. home as I'm doing. <laughs> Not to see the movie, but I will be in Australia in August and I will definitely be seeing Crazy Rich Ages when it comes out. But obviously, we've all seen the trailer. No, yes, everyone's seen the trailer on Facebook. For it. 
But I want to note that before Crazy Rich Asians, the last movie from a major Hollywood studio with an all-Asian cast was actually The Joy Luck Club, which came out in the 90s. And I know, Penny, you love that movie. That is one of my all-time favourite movies. And I pretty much preach about it in an evangelical way. And my husband hasn't seen it. Quite a lot of my friends haven't seen it. And it really deeply troubles me that that's the case. It's a beautiful kind of historic narrative. It's almost like something between... Um, a, I guess the closest thing today would be like an atonement movie. It's that kind of idea. So it's flashbacks between um, the war period of kind of communism and, and that change um, in China and then also the second generation living in the US. And it's three, four women, sorry, who play Mahjong together. And that's the kind of unity and it's them and their daughters and then their mothers. And it's kind of three layers of story of their female experiences. So not only is it all about Asia, it's all about women's experiences. So two things that I feel very passionate about. (laughs) I think there's a good mirror between Crazy Rich Asians and the Joy Luck Club because both of them tell really kind of personal, female-centric everyday stories um, that tell the experiences of Asian women. Uh, I haven't actually seen the movie, but I did read the book after you evangelized to me and the book is fantastic and it does have this real sense of the sacrifice of immigrant parents and it did make me want to call my dad, which I don't actually honestly get that feeling that much. So I wanted (laughs) to call my dad yeah, and just, I don't know, have a chat to him. But have you seen it, Kit? I haven't seen the movie, but I've read a few chapters of the book at school and I've sort of lost interest. But I feel that I should. The book is good. I really enjoyed reading the book. I was quite dyslexic at school, so I I couldn't read further. (laughs) Audiobook is a great way, I feel, to always smash through a book. But the movie is genuinely a great conversion of the book. It's obviously nothing, no book is the same as a movie, but it is a great version of it. And the imagery is really beautiful and there are a lot of parallels in um, the shots and cinematography of it and more modern Asian movies that you'd be familiar with, like Memoirs of a Geisha or Crouching Tiger. And I think there's a lot of kind of beauty in the scenery and that being kind of mirrored by the beauty of the women. But as a kind of mixed race woman living in the West, there are a lot of parallels and experiences with the migrant women who are kind of second generation migrants to the US being accepted within white families into white environments, the challenges of that, the kind of balance of how you feel about your heritage, how you identify, who you see yourself as, who other people assume you are, as well as, like you said, all of the sacrifices that generations before had to make and and losing that kind of connection. I think the Cultural Revolution really severed a lot of international families in a way that is quite hard to understand in the West. Like, for me, even with my family, um, we have crazy stories of that period. And yet I don't feel that I know very much about that history. Obviously, within UK schools, the focus is very much on the First and Second World War. And you just don't really learn about the Cultural Revolution. But it was as tumultuous and as tr- dramatic and violent and world changing. And Kit, what is the movie that you remember most uh, from your youth? My favourite film is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I like the film because it's the martial arts, it's the storyline, the plotline, the music, um, the love story behind it. I just love how smooth the storyline is. I mean, you have Michelle Yeoh, you have Chow Yun-Fat. I've been a massive fan of his since the 80s. Um, The newcomer, Zhang Ziyi. 
uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name. And he's hot, that guy. I So I watched it recently in preparation for this episode, having not seen it since 2001. I don't like and his goatee beard. See, I haven't seen it since 2001 either. I, do I need to Google he him? He rides is he that in. Hot? It's, okay, it's on Netflix Google. now. So he rides in. You know, to, to rob the jade um, treasures from this wealthy family that is moving across the desert. And he rides in with his band of, you know, desert bandits. Yeah. bandits. And um, he's just got this big billowing coat and he's bare chested and he's got this long scraggly hair. And Are yes, we talking about him with yes, the, the moustache? Exactly. Okay. He's very of this moment hot though, right? With the moustache and the long hair. This is very like East End edgy. Hot. He would not be out of place. It's very like Mongolian vibe, isn't it? I mean, he is beautiful. Though. Look at him. He looks like a model. Look he at those cheekbones. Very good looking man. Just, show, just showing it to our producer, Ryan, in case he needs to fancy him too. <laughs> <laughs> but I was struck by that when I was watching it because my mum has a huge crush on Chow Yun-Fat and has always had a huge crush on him. And so I was watching it, yes, him. And he plays the um, Wudang master in the movie and he's sort of the main character and um, hot uh, desert pirate is a lesser character, but he's the more kind of romantic hero. And I was, he like swaggers in on this horse and he's got this saber and he's saving the girl and it was all very exciting stuff really. Mm. I think I was watching it and I remembered the fight scenes and the martial arts because it was this beautiful dance like choreography but I'd forgotten how beautiful the clothes are in that movie and Michelle Yeoh even wears this amazing sort of I mean she's supposed to be a, a warrior so her outfits are less elaborate mm. than um, um, Zhang Ziyi's sort of princess outfits but they're these very kind of utilitarian smocks and wide-legged pants yeah, that are quite Yoji Yamioto yes and it's I was, Qing Dynasty isn't it I'm not sure but it was extremely remember. chic and the, this beautiful kind of stone color mm. that I could definitely see you know not looking out of place you know in like Como on a yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like totally. sun lounge oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Zhang Ziyi and Chao Yun Fat flying through the bamboo forest mm. fighting floating is that really possible you know but, but it's that it's the it's styling fantasy. is almost like somewhere between kind of swedish minimalism and something lighter and more creative there's mm. like a there's a feeling to it that's like very minimal and, and beautiful but also elaborate it's a, a strange combination of the two which is specifically Chinese I think well I really like Ang Lee I think he's an incredible director because he has this ability to capture nuance of emotion and he's really good at showing you know the big chasm between what you say and what you think and what you do and what you think and what you have to put out into the world because of your ethnicity or your family or you know your sexuality and what you have to keep private and and secret and how damaging that can be and that is something that you see in Crouching Tiger for example how Michelle Yeoh really wants to be with Chow Yun-Fat but they can't be together because she was engaged his brother blah 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 and his brother died years ago who cares but they can't be together because that's what it was like back then and obviously in Brokeback you have a completely different set of problems that are preventing those two men from being together in the wedding banquet you have a similar situation of a gay couple that are not allowed to be openly gay to his parents because of their family background in Sense and Sensibility he said that he was really attracted to that because he felt that uh, the nuances of Jane Austen society really mirrored what he had seen in his own society you know growing up in in Asia so I think that's a really interesting side of his work and I, I really love almost everything he's done I even like the Hulk which I know people don't like but 
I but didn't mind the Hulk. I, like I know exactly Hulk. what you mean, though. There's a lot of balance between kind of the internal and external experience mm. in all of his movies and what you are experiencing privately and what everyone else is perceiving to happen. And there's quite a lot of his movies have kind of a monologue also that narrates the storyline, mm. which kind of tells you this is what you're seeing, but this is what was really happening kind of thing. And they're just such beautiful movies as well. Apart from anything else, they have quite a distinct look to them. And um, I think it's a really proudful part of um asia in in western cinema really that he has completely broken hollywood i know we've talked about before how he did sense and sensibility and he had to use a translator for the whole thing it was really like his first major major movie he was pretty untried and tested at that point in his career and this was a massive motion picture it shot in the uk with predominantly british actors i mean that is amazing and and that movie's quite old he really was able to traverse his ethnicity and and his, the power of his work was enough. Yeah, I mean, he's won Best Director Oscar twice, which is pretty amazing. It's something. I'm fairly certain that Steven Spielberg has not won two Best Director Oscars, so sure, yeah. that's <laughs> a pretty good um, It's pretty good amazing. It's like two good representation for the brothers there, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, I really love Ang Lee's movies. I think Brokeback Mountain is one of the most beautiful movies of all time. I love Crouching Tiger. I think Sense and Sensibility is one of the best, if not the best Jane Austen movies. He has won Best Director twice. Yeah, I, I know he's won twice, but I don't know about the Steven No, no, Spielberg, Spielberg has. Oh, damn. He, yeah, okay. he's won for Saving Fine. Private Ryan and also oh. for Schindler's List. Fine. They tied. <laughs> and, oh, no, and others. Nominee? Oh no, nominee, nominee, sorry. Mm. I take it back, nominee. Only winning for those two. <laughs> Only. Steven, oh, work great. harder. <laughs> well, I, I feel I feel good about that statistic that I just pulled out of the air just then. <laughs> well, I, I love his work and I think if you haven't seen any of it, it's it's a great place to start also. Mm. The movie that has amazing costumes as well that always, always strikes my mind and I know you're a fan of this penny is Memoirs of a Geisha. I mean, this is one of my, my favourite movies ever. I did manage to get Matthew to watch this one. Um, I just love this film. Everything about this film. Everything about like it? how beautiful the women mm. are, how beautiful the sets are, the power of the love story and, this, mm. and also kind of the exposure of a culture that i'm not familiar with at all i'm mm-hmm. obviously me and hannah are both chinese as are you of heritage not japanese and they're very different i think people assume mm. it's all the same space it's not the same space at all but the thing i love about memoirs of a geisha is that there's parallels between it and a lot of other asian movies in terms of like styling and iconography so there's a beautiful scene where um the lead character is stood on a cliff she's heartbroken and the wind is whipping her very straight glossy beautiful Mm. hair it's like lacquered black around her Mm. and it mirrors this really beautiful scene in um joy luck club where she one of the characters is getting divorced and she's standing outside and the rain is hitting her face and it's the kind of beauty of the asian glass skin and the elements and there's something about the two that have a really strong powerful visual Mm parallel and then also the scene where she comes out as a geisha and she does that dance on the stage it's kind of like a performance there's parallels of that and the kind of choreographed martial arts that you see mm-hmm. in crouching tiger hidden dragon and the matrix and other movies that are influenced by mm-hmm. that kind of movement mm-hmm. so i feel like that's a very good crossover movie to introduce yourself into that kind of style of mm-hmm. asian cinematography it's very poetic as well I mean every movement of you know fight scene or dancing it has a meaning of 
know the way they dance. It could be, say, if you want to slap their face, we do a, a very elegant slap, like, <laughs> that's a dance. I love the sound effect that went with that. We should be filming to get the gesture to. Yeah, there's a very good thing to do in an audio-specific uh, medium, which yeah. is to uh, demonstrate a, a slap. But for the listeners at home, Kid is doing a very nice, uh, beautiful dance move. Slap. <laughs> I want to uh, take a moment to talk about uh, an actress that I really love that I know neither of you two have the same strength of feeling as I do, but Lucy Liu, my beloved Lucy Liu. <laughs> I just remember seeing her in Charlie's Angels and being completely overwhelmed that one third of this, you know, ass-kicking, crime-fighting, um, you know, 70s reboot syndicate was this strong Asian woman who wasn't a supporting character. She wasn't a best friend. She was just one third and an equal, if not maybe slightly more important member of the trio because she seemed to be the only one that could actually get anything done out of the three of them. <laughs> but I know you you have mixed feelings on my beloved Lucy. I, I have really challenged feelings about Lucy Liu and I think it stretches back to my childhood and going, I went to a boarding school, it was a very white environment and whenever I had to be somebody in Hollywood, whenever it had to be like, you look like whatever. I always had to look like Lucy Liu. I do not look like Lucy Liu. First start, she's, full, as far as I'm aware, fully Chinese. I am mixed race, so already there's a missing piece there. Secondly, we just don't look alike at all. And I found it really racially insulting that somehow, just because she was the only person in pop culture that anyone could identify with that had any kind of Asian heritage, I must look like her. So I'm sure she's a great actress and very enjoyable in movies, but it annoys me just even thinking about her. I understand that because whenever we assigned Disney princesses to... Did you have to be Milan? I always had to be Milan. <laughs> and at the time, I really resisted that, whereas now I've sort of come full circle on Milan and I actually think she's awesome. But at the time, I desperately wanted to be Pocahontas, which... But you, you more look like Pocahontas. Yeah. Both say, of us look more like Pocahontas than Milan. It's not inconceivable that I could be Pocahontas. And you're quite dark-skinned as well. Yes, I am. Thank you. you and I had, at the time, when I, well, when I was a kid, I had... Oh, you, you remember, I used to have extremely I long hair. I am still mourning R.I.P. that hair. Can we, let's, that's for another episode. <laughs> R.I.P. But I, I always wanted Pocahontas and I wasn't allowed to be. And it was like a, a completely arbitrary distinction because the girl who was Belle was not French. And the girl <laughs> who was Snow White was not, you know, whatever British extraction, wherever Snow White's know, supposed to come from. Isn't she from. meant to be from like Austria or Germany? Well, she wasn't that either. Okay. So no she was idea. just garden variety Australian. So I just garden think... Australian. It was, it was incredibly frustrating to me. I just snorted. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, if you're still on the fence about Lucy Liu, you should watch Set It Up, which is a romantic comedy that's streaming on Netflix I watched right it. now. Oh, okay. The other day I haven't on seen Netflix. it. Is it good? It's really good. She's Very fantastic funny. in it. So she plays this uh, kind of award-winning journalist, a sports journalist, who now has set up this website and she runs it, you know, Miranda Priestley style. And then her assistant is this downtrodden girl. And then across the hall is a venture capitalist and his assistant is downtrodden and they kind of cook up this scheme to get their bosses to fall in love so that they can get Have a night a life. Yeah. Yeah. And she is just so fantastic as this very driven, ambitious, successful woman heading up a website, uh, this incredibly powerful journalist. And I've, fully identified with her in that role um i have to say i do really enjoy her in ali mobile 
Oh yeah, that's when I first discovered her. And she's back in the 90s. fantastic in it. Mean, My only so issue funny. with that casting is that I feel like it plays into the the kind of foreign woman as the other, as the kind of sexualized, wild character, which I know a lot of black women are challenged by as well. It's that whole kind of idea of because we look different, we must be exotic, we must be wild, we must be sexualized, and I find that element of her character role a little bit challenging and I guess it's partly of the time because obviously Annie McBeal mm-hmm. was what maybe 15-20 years old now mm-hmm. um, so I, I guess it's partly of that kind of prism but I do, that's the only thing I find an issue with it if you look at a couple of movies and TV that she was doing at the time, it was all very similar. She had a cameo in Chicago, but I still remember that that mm. tiny little cameo that she had in Chicago was very much, you know, she was in, she was the heiress who was, you know, killed uh, her Yes, I remember. Husband, and she comes she, in with all the flash in the fur coat yeah, yeah, yeah. and underwear and it was incredibly sexualized when almost, you know, the rest of that movie was focused on something very different. So I think at that time, Hollywood was not being very nice to its... Um, minorities and hopefully that's changing thanks to movies like crazy rich asians i tell you what i loved about the crazy rich asians trailer was that it has a feeling to it almost like the hangover did you guys pick that up too it's almost got that kind of energy and like if you watch the trailers for the hangover it has a similar feeling maybe it was cut by the same person but it's got this really like fun you're going to be on an adventure like it feels really normcore this is progress. The energy is so high. It's fun. It's a rom-com. It's just about women meeting someone, falling in love and going to meet their family. Mm. And it's yeah. something that everyone can identify with and something that everyone has experienced. But it's something that has been very rarely presented from the Asian experience and the Asian perspective. So I'm really excited to see it. And and the books are fantastic too, if anyone hasn't read the books by Kevin Kwan. But the, the movie definitely has this very... Uh, like high energy feel right yeah it has a vibrancy that I'm really excited by and I have to say as well if we're talking about cute guys Henry Golding who plays the kind of gorgeous man that she meets and falls in love with and his family's in Singapore and they go back to Singapore to meet he is a very good looking man we're just having a light google for the group and the exciting thing about him is that this is sort of launching his career it's his first movie I'm pretty sure he is who wouldn't at the table? He's a gorgeous oh guy. God. And he's... <laughs> Kit's leaning in. What's his mixed race? Is he mixed race? He's half Malaysian, half British. Oh. And he Golding's was a television Jewish. presenter in the Chinese UK. Malaysian or Indian Malaysian? Good question. I'm not sure. He looks Chinese Malaysian to me. I think he is. He looks Singaporean though. That's the point though, isn't it? The <laughs> casting is that he's meant to be a Singaporean, like wealthy kid, right? That's the that's yeah. the plot line. Basically so well cast. Basically the plot of the movie is a university professor meets this guy and they have this whirlwind romance and then he turns out to be the and heir. And he's always too pretty. He's a very good looking guy, and he turns out to be the heir to this insanely wealthy Singaporean family whose matriarch is Michelle Yo, <laughs> my queen. But I wanna say about Henry that aside from you know him being a very very good looking guy this is his first movie and then off the back of crazy rich asians he booked another movie which is a paul feig uh thriller starring blake lively and basically he plays the husband and blake lively and him have kids and those kids look like my brothers did when they were kids and i have to say that is the first time i've ever seen a family that in any way shape or form 
vaguely approximated what my own family looks like. No, but both our parents, our mothers are both blonde, yeah. obviously, and our fathers are both Chinese for anyone who uh, doesn't know. So that fam- is a similar fare to Chinese ratio. And I was looking at the trailer and I saw their family and I actually got some tears in my eyes because I'd never really seen it before. Okay, and the only other it, time that I had seen that, which don't laugh, is in the, <laughs> the, I'm laughing already. the movie that's out in cinemas uh, in July, Skyscraper, which is the movie with The Rock fighting a skyscraper i mean i don't really need to go into the plot because it is ridiculous it's set in hong kong he fights a skyscraper and uh it's him and he's the dad character he's the dad character uh his name is will sawyer of course uh and he's just hero dad and he's married to nev campbell and they have two kids and again i'm not drawing parallels between my dad and the rock my dad is not the rock at all but Again, it's a mixed race family and portrayed without any commentary other than this is life, this is 2018 and they love each other and it was so beautiful and like a simple favour, I cried in the movie theatre watching Hero Dad the Rock fight that skyscraper <laughs> to save his kids. Like I just, I found that really moving and, and but it is set in Hong Kong as well, uh, f- you know, for that nice little Asian tie in there. So birthplace of the skyscraper. They so. do love the skyscraper set in Asia, don't they? Mm. Like, um, what's the one? Is it Entrapment where they're in the um, ones in KL? And also, it's, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift involves some very nice uh, drifting True. through skyscrapers. So, or, you know. Those high rise parking yeah. places. Transformers yeah. filmed in Hong Kong as well. Mm. Was one of them. Yeah. Was it the last one or the one, the one before, before that? The last one. I feel um, like Hong Kong's else? definitely having a movie vogue. Obviously, we had Casino Royale. Was it mm. Casino Royale or the one after Casino Royale? No, it was, it was Spectre, I think. Spectre, you're wasn't right. Yeah. But it wasn't set in Hong Kong, it was in um, Macau. 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 Yeah. Okay, so of of the movies that we've spoken about and ones potentially that we haven't, my two recommendations for you guys to go away and watch are definitely Memoirs of a Geisha and Joy Luck Club. What are your two for me? Uh, God. Oh, um, The Last Emperor. Is oh. it The Last Emperor? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But it's good? It was really good. It's about um, The Last Emperor of China. Um it's just a memoir about him being the only child emperor growing up in the 1900s and then the communism sort of like started mm. to sort of like end the monarchy in China. Hannah? Well, I want you to watch Set It Up and then you'll fall in love with Lucy Liu again. And uh, <laughs> Which is really important for our friendship. <laughs> it is, it very much so is. And uh, for the group, uh, well, I think I'll put my hand up and stand for The Wedding Banquet, which is Ang Lee's second movie. Uh, it's set in New York, but it's mostly, um, you know, using Taiwanese characters and it is fantastic. It's about a gay couple and he gets married to a woman so that, you know, his parents can have a wedding, um, a heterosexual wedding, oh, but he's cute. actually, you know, in a relationship with And a, it's like with a rom-com a, kind of thing? Well, it is, but it's also, a, you know, family drama as well. And, and it's about kind of how, you know, his parents you know, come to kind of know and realise, you know, more about their son's life, like through this kind of elaborate sham wedding. And it's really, really good. It's it's really good. And it was his second ever movie. You know, this is way mm. before Crouching Tiger and, you know, The Hulk and Sense of Sensibility <laughs> and, and Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. You know, this was the, only the second movie he ever made. So it's really worth seeing. 
Amazing. So that is your viewing list for the rest of the year. We have Crazy Rich Asians in November in the UK and August everywhere else. We have A Simple Favour in September and Skyscraper, if anyone wants to catch that. Uh, It's probably hopefully still in cinemas because, you know, The Rock's great and we want him to make a movie that makes lots of money. If it's not, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will. In Asia. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to our first episode and we hope you enjoyed it. We would love if you could leave us a review, rate the podcast or subscribe as it helps other people find us in the charts. In between episodes, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at three, the number three, Dumplings Pod. And we have to say a big thank you to Badland Studios for making our very cute artwork and also to our producer Ryan at Shortcuts. We'll see you next week when we're going to be talking about a subject very close to all of our hearts, <laughs> food. Bye. 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 Bye.